Or we're back because we're back every day. McFarlane! McFarlane? Yes. It's not a question. McFarlane. McFarlane? You answer it with the affirmative. McFarlane. That's what everyone was screaming after yesterday's podcast. Bobby Dahlbeck, Ryan Fitzgerald, Garrett Whitlock. And today we're going to keep the momentum going. I am going to start with a simple multiple question, uh, multiple answer question for you, Coop. Ready? All right, let's go. Okay. Listen to this sound. Was that A, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, or B, Marcelo Meyer slapping a ball out of JetBlue Park on Monday? Not going to lie. It was a thought. It was a soft thud. Soft. Can I get it played one more time? One more time for the listeners. Okay. What do you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Will Smith. There it is. Well that was too that was too soft. I mean, I think that what we could do is that we could get one of Ryan Fitzgerald's contraptions that he uses to measure like the torque and and which 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 had more torque behind it. So I was actually going to, I had that question laid up for you. I was going to ask, what do you think the exit, exit velo would have been on a ball? If, so yeah. the answer, the answer, spoiler, I guess not really a spoiler, but just the answer is that was Marcelo Meyer hitting a baseball a long way off Nathan Avaldi in an intra-squad scrimmage at JetBlue Park on Monday morning, which it was, you know, with all due respect, Coop, so, you know, today's supposed to be an off day. By the way, I just saw Nick Pavetta in the convenience store. And so, you know, it's what's his off- order? What's his order? Expose him. No, actually, no, no, <laughs> no. But I was just saying, like, they have to pack, you know, like off days are never off days. And today was not an off day. He had gone over to watch Avaldi, and uh, as some other guys did. And there was a lot of guys playing over there. But, you know, they were it was off day was not an off day. It went over. Watched Avaldi pitch. Trevor Story was playing. He got like 50 at bats because he's hitting every single half inning. Gets a triple off Avaldi. Got picked off. The whole works. But the biggest thing, not even close, was when Marcel Meyer gets up against Nathan Avaldi, sees two curveballs, and then sits on the fastball. As he later admitted, sits on the fastball. But here's a spoiler alert: I could don't tell me he grooved it. I could sit on a fastball. You and your George Washington glory could sit on a fastball, right? A Nathan Avaldi fastball, and you were not going to hit it like Marcelo Meyer did. Nowhere close. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was like – and I did – and I had to go back. I put it in slow motion just to make everyone's day a little bit brighter, and I amped up the sound. Um, of, so those two things combo. Man of the people. Man of the – like, I am here to make people happy, Coop. That's what I'm here to do. We appreciate that, Rob. Yeah. We appreciate that. And listen, if you told me 20 years ago, me making people happy would be slowing down a swing and amping up the volume of a hit. Listen, I'm sold. That's fine. Whatever I can do. If Christopher Nolan can do it, why can't you? Right? Yeah. I, well, oh, that's another. There are so many things to do with this Marcelo Meyer swing. So, like, you, we could put, you know how Christopher Nolan's movies, there is always that underlying boom 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 boom. yeah i mean like for instance he always his thing is time he loves messing with time well i do too so yeah you just slowed down his at bat i'll get christopher nolan on the line and maybe we can do something the the oral today we'll have to settle for the oral history of marcelo myers home run against nathan avaldi um so before we do that though i want to get to the interview our daily interview 
Um, today's daily interview was with Derek Holland. Now, Derek Holland is, I, I am praying, praying that he makes the team. Pray, pray, Coop, pray with me. I, I, how close? I mean, I'll, I'll bless up. I'll do my Hail Marys and I'll do my Our Fathers and all that. Uh, make, my, make my Irish Catholic grandmother uh, proud. But, I mean, how, how good of a shot does he have? He, I think he has a shot. Okay, I like that because this this interview is super humanizing. It it makes me like feel bad yeah, looking so, at some of his numbers. So I want to, the first thing I want to play is is Derek Holland was on with Gresham Keefe on EEI, and he talked about getting kicked out of the Counting Crows concert. So listen to this real quick. You once got thrown out of a Counting Crows concert. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I'm going to blame because this is how it really was. Uh, Joe Nathan is the uh, culprit here. Uh, we went to the concert. You know, he invited me to go with him. You know, a young guy taking me with him. So I'm standing there, and you know, having some beverages, no big deal. And, you know, people's got their phone out recording and all that. And obviously you're not supposed to, I guess. And I'm just minding my own business. And all of a sudden this security guard comes over and is like, hey, come here. And I was like, oh, cool. I got selected. I'm, I think I might get to go have some free drinks and say hi to the band, you know, feeling good about myself. And then next thing I know, he takes me back outside the, the concert. And he's like, yeah, you, uh, you're done. You, you got, you got to go. You're not, you're not staying here. And I was like, wait, what? And obviously I used some choice words. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. And, uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm not even a part of the, the concert anymore. And so I have to wait for Joe. So I'm sitting outside, wait for Joe Nathan to finish, you know, watching the, the cool performance that I got kicked out of. Uh, and then I started being an idiot, you know, like always, you know, you have a few drinks, you get that liquid courage. So I started bashing, you know, New Jersey acting ridiculous. And, you know, that was, that was kind of the moral of the story. Uh, but on top of that, I will say, you know, two days later, I ended up throwing a shutout against the Yankees and they talked about it on the broadcast. So that was cool. I feel like Derek, we may be missing a part of the story. So you went from standing and enjoying the concert to being removed from the concert. Yeah, correct. There's not much you can miss from that. It was literally that was it. take you out and no. you are kicked out. All right. So the, he's got a ton of these stories, right, Coop? Like he's got a, he's he's a great personality, and you get a, a lot of this in this interview. But the other part about it is that we get to the meat and potatoes of why he's feels like it's okay to do this. This comes back to what the T-shirts say, right? And he was wearing baseball isn't boring. He wore. He was wearing his T-shirt proudly the other day. Baseball isn't boring. Love it. But in this interview, like it, it also shows you. I don't know if you caught this, but it, it shows you that like how also almost like baseball. A lot of people in baseball expect it to be boring, where like they the the guys who aren't boring, the guys with personalities, they are still like walking on eggshells. Yeah, that's crazy to me. And one of the things, so you, we kind of talked, or you kind of talk about it in the interview, but like you, you come to think of like some of these guys that are some of the bigger names in the league, Joey Votto, Joey Votto, incredible personality. Like if you actually pay attention to baseball day in and day out, you got to work hard, but you're going to see clips of him just being an incredible human, whether that's interacting with fans or just doing some silly content. Like he put out a TikTok video the other day of him doing karaoke but like watching him play, like if you just turned on a random Reds game, he's he is a you know like the 
baseball rules or what, 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 what's the term I'm thinking of? Unwritten rules. There's I, maybe that's a good thing that I'm struggling to find that word. Maybe they're going away, but he's a big unwritten rules guy. Yeah. they the personalities are there. You just guys yeah. got to let it come out. There's, and here's the thing Coop, where, uh, you know, the, the players, it has become, this has been a problem because the players are around each other more than any other team, any other teammates They're around each other more than their family. So when they do something, or, you know, like, for instance, you know, I'm, I saw our guy, Alex Benellis, family member of the Bradfoe show, right? Correct? Best, best friend of the, the best show? Best friend of the Bradfoe show. Best friend. And he shaved his beard. Big news. Breaking news. Huge. He shaved his beard. But he's doing the whole thing with, you know, Marcelo Meyer, and they're, they're talking trash back and forth about the race. But there is definitely some, you know, like, well, okay, not necessarily from Alex, but you know these guys, these minor leaguers are told, all right, just be careful, don't let your personality out too much, you know, don't get into the social media back and forth too much. I mean, I can tell you that's what they're telling these guys. And even when they get to the major leagues, when they walk in the clubhouse, if they're doing stuff like wacky stuff, they like some. All it takes is one person saying, "What are you doing?" Like what, what, what was that? Or maybe yeah. one curmudgeon vet just to yeah. just be like, I don't want to put up with this today. So I'm putting an end to it for the rest of the season. Right. And so, I mean, Joe Kelly, again, member of the family here, Joe Kelly told me that he sternly believes that the Cardinals, a big reason the Cardinals traded him to the Red Sox was because he had too much personality and they felt like he wasn't focused on baseball. Like how crazy is that? It's not. I mean, how many how many rings does he have since that trade? Yes. How proof, many do they have? Proof is in the proof. Proof is in the ring, uh, smothered pudding. Pudding. Yes. The 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 ring. Top That's that pudding. is something I do not want to dive. In. If you want to attempt to make that, go for it. That's not something I'm probably going to dive delicious, into. The delicious ring top. Pudding. I I will respectively tell you that I'm full. <laughs> All right. Well, I know what we're not full of. We're not full of great interviews. And uh, I mean, we are full of great interviews, but we, we're not sick of great interviews. No, never. Because they keep coming. Our appetite is, is I don't know what. Immense. Immense. There we go. And we're feed, and as is everybody when it comes to this great game of baseball and the Boston Red Sox and all that comes with it. And we are feeding everyone. We are feeding these starving people. There you people go. People need content. I like to say we're feeding the starving people. You can say they need content, whatever way you want to do it. Whatever. Yeah, hey, yesterday we solved world peace, so I guess today we're solving world hunger. Well, today, well, here you go. Here's your next portion. Derek Holland. Bobin. You had- yeah, you got Bobon, uh, Luca. I think I brought three Lucas. And then I've got Jackie Moon. Then we got Jordan from Space Jam. Who else did I have in there? I might have uh, the classic Dirk throwback jersey. Oh, really? That might be the other one, the old, the the green, the green jersey. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just I'm wearing them here because it's I mean, Florida. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get the tan lines going. <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to make the most of it while I'm here. Is is uh, is that? Do you collect anything like that? Like. 
I've got jerseys that I collect, like guys that I played against or played with. Uh, I get their jersey, get it signed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some guys get baseball cards or other memorabilia. I, for some odd reason, I started and, and got nothing but jerseys. I just kept doing it from there on. And like baseball jerseys. Yeah, baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Really? Yeah, I've, I'm like a hoarder of jerseys. I guess is the best way to put give it. Give me some of your. Give me your power rank. Your top three. Um, let's see, I'm going to go with number one is probably going to be Ken Griffey Jr. Just because he was somebody, you know, I loved watching. Uh, is it not recording? No, it is. I, just, I always like to check. No, no, you're good. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. probably be my number one. I'm probably going to do just the baseball side of it. Um, you know, number two was Chipper Jones. That was one of my idols growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I was the switch hitter. Um, you know, I couldn't really hit, but... Tried to mimic him as much as I could when I was playing high school and college ball. And then Andy Pettit was my other idol, pitcher-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, became good friends with him, too, talking with him. And he's helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's been really good. Those would be my baseball. But, man, uh, Ovechkin on the Winter Classic jersey. You got Ovechkin's jersey? Yeah, I got his. Um, but you just bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm getting – well, I mean, they're – I'm getting the real deal jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I would, expect, kinda, yeah, I would not, expect nothing less. I'm not getting some generic one. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I got Dirk. Uh, Charles Woodson for football uh, on a Raiders jersey. I'm a huge Michigan fan. Okay. So having that was that was big. Um I got Jordan. I got his jersey. That'd be a good basketball one. Genki um, Neska. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of. So 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 you're when you go to a game. If you go to a game, I'm a jersey guy. You're a jersey I'm guy. Not, yeah, I don't care what the stereotype is. All that stuff. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wear my shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's that. okay. Uh, no. I'm gonna wear my stuff and support my teams because that's you know. Do you have? Do you, I was a fan growing up. I'm not gonna just change just because you know I was a professional athlete or whatever. Do you do who you are? Do you do like so? Do you do like the Holland in the back? No, I don't wear my jersey. No, 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 no. I'm saying like it's like what's your football team? The Browns. Okay, the Browns. That's, that's right. Yeah, I saw you dress. Up I do have. Uh, I mean, I have a Holland jersey, but I won't wear that. Okay. You know, if I go to a game, I'm wearing somebody's jersey. Um, I mean, I was. I usually. Uh, it's funny. I'll wear like even at home on Sundays. I'll wear Brown's jersey. If they win, that's the jersey I go with until they lose. Okay. And then they lose, and I switch to another jersey. And Or I should take that back because it's whatever they're wearing, too. So if you know they're wearing brown the one day and it's a, and they win, well, the next week they're going to white. Well, I'm going to wear white, but I'm going to try to wear that same person okay. that I have. Do you, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with the Mayfield jersey? I'm gonna keep it. I, I, he's one of my friends, and I, I okay. also I liked what he did for the, the organization. You know, it sucks what's going on, but um, at the end of the day, as I always look at it too, everything's a business. You know, this is it sucks. Uh, I definitely very grateful for what he's done for that organization, and you know, it got us back on the winning side of things. And first playoffs in a while, got the win in the playoffs. Um, so I mean, it's. It's been quite the journey. You know, you hate to see everything happen the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I, I want to wish nothing but the best for him, too. So that's mm-hmm. that's the main thing. But very grateful I got to watch him, you mm-hmm. know, in Cleveland mm-hmm. and, and do the thing that he did. Every time I went, he showed up, and it was it was outstanding. I mean, they 
the one game that really stands out was against the Chiefs. I want to say it was the to get ready to. No, it wasn't to the Super Bowl. It was the one before. No, playoffs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a playoff game, and like they did everything they could, and mm-hmm. they were right there. And I mean, to be able to see that and know like what all you know they've gone through, and, mm-hmm. and being able to be back on the map like that, it's, it's huge. You went. You dressed up in football, right? In yeah, football I was gear. wearing. I, I but I had uh, I had his jersey on, but I had uh, like I was in cold gear because it was. I mean, it was freezing over there. Yeah, uh, where was that? Kansas City. It was. That was a COVID year. Uh, they just opened up. Like, okay. Because the first, let's see, they played, the last game was the Steelers, then they went to the Steelers for the playoff game, won that game. Nobody was allowed at the game. And then the next game was. Uh, so you, when, when you dressed up as a football player, you had the helmet and everything. Oh, yeah, with yeah. Pittsburgh. With yeah, the yeah. Pirates, yeah. yeah. Okay. I had, I, I had the whole shebang there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I even threw. Was that a, spring training or no? No, that was original. That was during the season. Okay. Um, dressed up. It was a Browns player. It was actually Baker. Uh, I did. Uh, I threw a bullpen in full Michigan gear, um, helmet on, everything. So I mean, I've done it. I've done it all. I don't. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all about you know. You gotta enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not trying to tie this into it, but like with my charity, my 60 feet six foundation, like being with the kids before they, you know, one of them passed away. That was like one of his messages. Just be who you are. Don't mm-hmm. try to be something else. Like. You know, live your life to the fullest. Enjoy every moment that you have because we don't know what tomorrow is. So, I want to be me. You know, that's that's how I am. I'm not going to change myself because, you know, whatever somebody doesn't like it. Just continue to be who you are. Tell me about the the charity if you if you can if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I started this my foundation. Um, Man. 2013, I think, was the first year. Uh, I got to meet a kid. His name was Briggsberry, and uh, he had uh, leukemia. Or, uh, yeah. And he was getting ready to do a bone marrow transplant, and that's where everything kind of took off for me. I had good role models with Michael Young, who showed me the way, and Ian Kinsler, who showed me the way off the field. And I wanted to be able to carry that torch for when they were gone uh, from the organization. And so I got to learn a lot from them, but going to see kids at the hospital and you know doing the voices for them or dressing up in costumes you know whatever I could do to take them away from it was something that like hit me real hard like these kids have you know obviously their family in their corners but they need to see that there's more they need to see that there's other people that are there for them and care for them and that's why for me I've always enjoyed doing that and I got to meet Briggs and Briggs showed me a lot you know it was you know I was getting criticized for my personality and goofing off and they legit, uh, he, he, he was just throwing some strong advice from a 16-year-old kid that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. and just, you know, telling me, like, live your life, just be you. You know, don't don't worry about what people are going to say. Don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to what you were the day before. Mm-hmm. Try to be better. And it just kind of stuck with me. I thought it was, it was huge. Just to be yourself for, and not worry about... Not, not let anybody, you know, take you away from what you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a goofball, you're a goofball. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's... Obviously, people get on me because of my personality, but... At the end of the day, I you know I put my work in. I do what I'm supposed to do. I give everything I got, but mm-hmm. I also want to be myself too. Mm-hmm. And you know, he ended up passing away. I forget exactly when it was, and I was thankful the Texas Rangers were willing to help me to go see him. Um, there's a whole story to it, but like to fast forward, mm-hmm. like he he was gonna pass away the first time, got through it. I went and saw him, and that was one of the hardest things I've ever seen to be a part of is literally seeing a kid that they say he's not going to make it the next day Mm -hmm. and I don't know anybody's faith I don't ever try to put that on people but that was the one moment that I I knew 
God was real because I could feel, you know, he hadn't been holding or he hasn't been doing anything. He wasn't opening his eyes. He was barely breathing, like struggling. And me and Ben Rogers from one of the shows back home went into the room and that was the hardest thing I've ever experienced is I talked to him and I could feel him squeeze my hand and we could see his eyes moving mm. back and forth and we knew God was with him and he was there and he was he was going to get through this and he did and everything was good um, but then you know everything took a turn for the worst and uh, right before he had uh, passed the family asked me to come back mm. you know this was going to be it for real for for sure this time and uh, John Daniels and, and Blake Miller, the people from the Rangers, general manager from the Rangers and the MLB security from the Rangers sure. were going to help me get escorted to go, but I, I just I couldn't do it. Um, you know, you never want to see a kid like that, so I've continued to push and do everything I can to be with kids and help them when they're going through these things. I, I did just lose um, a little girl this year, right before spring training, actually. Um, she passed away. I the disease she had was a very, very rare one. I, I know I'm not going to say it, but it's in the in her stomach and her liver-ish mm-hmm. area. Um, but she just passed away, and that was also another just it's super hard moments because it's the families should never have to deal with this kind of stuff. Yeah. The kids should be dealing with that. Kids should be out playing and enjoying themselves, and it's just tough to go into these hospitals or visit with these kids and, and see what they're dealing with mm-hmm. and for me is at the end of the day I, I try to do as much as I can to take them away from it whether it's like I said doing voices or dressing up in the costumes <laughs> that I got whatever it is I'm, I'm there to to help them because it's not they don't care who you are mm-hmm. they don't care what you do they don't care any about about any of that all they care about is you're there for them you're showing them that love and you're showing them that there's other people besides their family that's mm-hmm. there for them because when kids definitely you know at the end of the day they they know that their parents are there mm-hmm. they don't know that there's other people really pushing them to what when when did Briggs pass away what year was that i want to say he passed away in 15 no 14 14 okay. do you, do you but re- i still keep like his parents i'm in touch with them all the time mm-hmm. i invite them to every opening day mm-hmm. uh they've been coming to all of the opening days for a while except for obviously the covid year um, and then same thing with Adriana, her parents. I, this is the first year, so I'll be getting them to come out as well just so they can be a part of everything. And I want them to realize that you know, their, their legacy is going to continue. I'm going to continue to tell their story and, and share that because it's something that you know, we can spread awareness with and help people with. Do you remember when the advice that you talked about with Briggs gave you? Do you remember when that yeah, was? Yeah, we were inside of a room where I couldn't even actually go in the room. Oh, really? It was on a glass wall. And I was on the other side. I just got him a PlayStation so that way we could play together. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were just talk- We just sat there and talked. In, in the hospital? Yeah. Okay. And we sat there and just talked. It was in, it was Cook- there's two hospitals in Dallas. There's one, I think it was Cook's, and that's the Fort Worth. He was in Fort Worth, and I'm pretty sure that's the Fort Worth one. Okay. And what when what year was that about? Do you Same remember? time. It was 14. Oh, 14. Okay. I, so what happened was I met him at the end of 13, right after the season. That's when everything was kind of just happening and then 14 I ended up having knee surgery in January I think or February we got together started talking more and then he started doing his treatment I was doing my rehab mm-hmm. and we kept telling each other like hey I'm going to do mine you do yours we're going to beat this together like I'm, you know mine was nothing it was a knee surgery mm-hmm. but 
I kept telling him, once we get done, we're going to come out, we're going to go to a game together, like, you're going to come and watch us play, mm-hmm. everything. Like, it was going picture perfect. It's, it was literally like a fairy tale. It yeah. was cool. And then, like I said, just things didn't go the way we mm-hmm. wished. To go back to your personality, um, where, like, well, first of all, when was the fir- what was your first jersey? And I'm gonna to get to like the personality thing in a second. My first jersey. Yeah. So you you, you were, when you were a kid, you know. Well, the only thing I can remember is my first autograph-wise. Uh, my brother's an Eagles fan, and we went to Eagles uh, camp. Yeah. And the first guy I got was Chris Perry, the fridge. That was the first guy. Oh. I got to get signed. That I recall. Actually, I should take that back. My very first autograph is Shaquille O'Neal on a poster. Uh, I wrote him a letter and mailed it in, came back, everything, he signed it. Um, It was one of those Sports Illustrated, like, open it up thing. Uh, So it was super, that was, yeah, I'd say that was probably the first one. He mailed it back. Mailed it back, yeah. Yeah, We got that. Um, And then that was it. Yeah, then the next, my uncle took us to uh, Eagles camp and... Saw him. Uh, I'll never forget too. That's why, I, like for me, when it goes to signing autographs, I always look at the kids first because I was waiting for Randall Cunningham. I was at the front of the line, and then all the autograph people came, and I ended up going from the front straight to the back, and I didn't get his autograph. Oh really? I mean, it's not the reason. Like I don't sit there and go, "Oh, ever since then, I'm going to make sure I do that." <laughs> no, it's just something now that I think about is, yeah, you know, I experienced that. And I don't want to see a kid experience it. But it was, uh, that was the first big time of getting like autographs and stuff. So, this will reason, so the, the sort of um, the evolution of your personality, like you always, as a kid, you were out, probably outgoing, right? Yeah. And, and so, and this is what we like. We like baseball, we want baseball players, we want baseball players to, to treat the game like kids, right? Yeah, yeah, and like the fact that like you had to even be reminded that it's okay to be that way is crazy. I've always been that way. I've been pretty much been a goofball my whole life. I mean, that's I don't want to say I was a class clown, but you know, I definitely, I definitely had some fun. I can put it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I always preach to kids, you know, when I see them when I do my baseball camps, how important school was. I didn't do the best in high school. I turned everything around when I went to college, but it was just still, you know, as the typical kid, you know, we know it all kind of thing. And that was, I learned the hard way and I got lucky that, you know, I got to be in this path where I am and now I can try to teach that to kids to mm. make sure they realize how important it is. Were you, were you voted class clown? No, I didn't do that. I didn't get that. But, <laughs> I mean, there was, I went to a very large school, yeah. high school, so I definitely didn't get that. But yeah, I mean, that was the one thing is I definitely have always been somebody that'll keep everything loose keep it you know have fun and enjoy everything that's good all right well i appreciate it no problem all right cool takeaways uh humanizing i said it before the interview and i'll say it after he he jumps right into it by showing his personality with the jerseys and everything and that's i'm wearing my my yellow boston jersey just for the sake of it today but um i mean when he gets into talking about some of the, the philanthropic stuff he does, it just pulls at your heartstrings and you want the guy to get on the team. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not you. A lot of times when players bring up their charities, whatever, 
it's like, okay, here we go. We'll do you, we'll do you a solid. We'll put in the charity. Um, but with this one, to me, as I said before the interview, there's a very real jumping off point when he talks to the sick young man and, and that, that young man saying, hey, it's okay to show your personality. It's okay. And That's awesome. Think, and yeah, and to think that like Derek Holland, this kid who was like a self-proclaimed or self-professed class clown, great personality, has to really get that go-ahead from this young man. It's like, um, you do? But he does. And that, and that set him down this road. And that's awesome. It's awesome. It's an awesome story. But it's also an awesome reminder that it's okay. It's okay to be like Derek Holland. I mean, this kid guy walking in, as we, we talked about in the interview, I mean, you have Jackie Moon jerseys, you have Looney Tune jerseys, you have like, it, it's, you know. I, I want to see in person, I want to see his whole collection. I, like, I, I know it's impressive. I used to be a Jersey kid when I was little. Really? Uh, and then they got expensive once I got bigger. So that kind of stopped. But I mean, I got a, I got a Darren McFadden and a Ryan, uh, <laughs> a Matt Ryan Jersey the year. Cause they were drafted the same year. So that was like top of my Christmas list. I, I was a huge Jersey nut. Well, as he also admits, you know, it's one thing to own the jerseys, but then to wear them at games. And in case anyone wants to, know what we're talking about with the Baker Mayfield stuff, go on YouTube. He basically, he basically dresses in full football uniform, shoulder pads, helmet, everything, and throws a bullpen. Um, now, did he, is he in the dog pound? Did he sit in the dog pound? I need to know that. Yeah, I don't know. That did oh, not, that, that's a follow-up. That is a follow-up. Well, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he makes the team. Hopefully. Exactly. And I think he has a good chance or at least a chance and it'd be great. It'd be great. You know, and you know, we've heard it. We've heard him a little bit here or there, but, and, and here's the other thing about Holland, which I like same thing, like with Kelly, these guys aren't forced. Like they're not doing like the wacky stuff. Like there's some players yep. out there who are like, I'm wacky. Like, look at me. I'm wacky. Like I'm, I, I have a couple players that come to mind that I was going to say, you know, I'm not going to name names. No, we're not going to, we're, we're not here to make enemies. No, we're here to build only making allies. We're here to build up, not tear down. But yep. there is definitely a very, that's a very real thing. I can tell you that either you have a good, either you have the personality and you like having fun in your own way, or you are, you, you know, you're surly sometimes, but Hey, when, the national media outlets come around, look at me, you know, yeah. I'm ready to roll. So anyway, I thought it was a pretty, you, what, how, where, how would you grade that interview? Oh, I'd give it a solid A minus. Ooh. Yeah. If, we, if, we do, we do a fair amount of baseball talk on here. So when you get some more personality shining, I'm, I'm always a fan of that. Also, like, I mean, it's hard not to feel bad for Cleveland sports fans. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I went to college with one. I, one of my best friends is a Cleveland sports uh, fan. And like, I, I sat down and watched Believe Land with him, the 30 for 30. And it was tough, like not to like get teary eyed while he's sitting there bawling his eyes out. But you know what worked out for them? Kevin Costner, I mean, they, Kevin not pulling off the draft of the century on draft day. Oh, movie. I still have yet to see that movie. Oh my God. <laughs> am I, am I missing go. out? Am Let's I missing go. out on the tackiness? Am oh, I really missing oh, yeah. out on the tackiness? Yeah. yeah, it scratches right where I don't know if you know this, but they gave all the playbooks 
to all the quarterbacks and there was only one and they put a hundred dollar bill at the end of the playbook to see if they read through it all. And there was only one quarterback who returned the hundred dollar bill to them. Oh, yeah. Got so got to the end, saw the hundred dollar bill, and then not only showed that he read the whole playbook, but showed that he was a man of character and returned the hundred dollars. I want a quarterback in my pocket that's keeping that. Much Are you like kidding Ryan, me? Much like Ryan Fitzgerald tried to return his two hundred dollars to Dustin Pedroia. So all right. So the good guy character is cool, but I I want my quarterback being greedy. Okay. Take the win. Um, okay. So Derek Harlan, thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can have him on again. Uh, and like I said, the other part of the day and tomorrow, you know, today was technically an off day for the Red Sox. So as you're listening to this on, uh, Tuesday morning, or, you know, it, it may be later, but it, the earliest you'll be listening to is Tuesday morning, getting ready for the big Red Sox versus Bradenton game. Uh, and I say Bradenton because, that's a real obstacle. That's a real opponent driving up to Bradenton to play in the crappy stadium, which by the way, when I think of Bradenton and that pirates park, I only think of one thing. I, at one time I bought a cheeseburger there. I was doing a broadcast and they sold me the cheeseburger and it was a hamburger and they put an unmelted like slab of cheese on it. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And this is the, this is the pirates, right? Yeah. So it's crazy to go from like a PNC, like a beautiful field, yeah, to you know some something's like that crappy. Here you go. Here's the, here's the here's the video you cut. Ready? I'm guessing that they will melt the cheese when the regular season starts at PNC. Go. Anywhere. Anywhere. You, know, you know the regular season will have started when, when the cheese melt, is melting. When the cheese is melting. Okay. All right. That's the 10-day it, melt? Start making up the T-shirts. We're melting the cheese. Melting the cheese. Here we go. All right. Uh, so speaking of melting the cheese, Marcelo Meyer melted some cheese, uh, which would have been the, uh, the aforementioned Nathan Evaldi fastball, right? Yeah. How about that, huh? Cheese fastball. Took me, it took me a little bit. I had to think about that. I was like, where, where's Rob going with this one? He's, yeah, he was melting the cheese today. I like that call. I'm going to use that. That's like, a, that's a, that's an Eckersley call. He's melting the cheese. Let's melting go. the cheese up there. Let's go. De- Dennis is going to be asking for rights to that. Oh man. I stumbled into some, some awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so we're Stephen Hewitt and I of the Boston Herald are sitting down there watching uh, this, this game unfold. And really Trevor story was the guy, right? So we see Trevor story get up a couple times but then we notice that Marcel Myers on deck, but then Nathan Valdi gets a third out. So, oh man, he didn't hit. Fortunately, they come back. Valdi's pitching again. Myers leading off. Now I saw Meyer play in Sarasota a couple couple days ago, but no, he didn't really do anything. He walked. He struck out. He really didn't get any chances in the field. But and so now he gets up there, Valdi. You know, I'm just kind of thinking the same thing, you know. It doesn't matter what he does. It's no shame. But, oh, my goodness. I mean, that ball was smoked. smoked. I mean, by the, by the angle that the players took, did that go red dead center triangle? Yeah, well, yeah. So, it, it landed – well, no, it – yeah. So, that was my concern that it was actually going to land in that triangle because the story wouldn't have been as good. 
so at 420 feet to the triangle, but it landed in the, in the bullpen just to the right okay. of it. And, okay. and so if you listen to the video, especially the one that I tweeted out where it's, it's slowed down and the, and the audio is amped up, you can hear the farrier and a wow. And that was, who's that? That was Red Sox director of, uh, uh, pro scouting or player personnel. I don't know what Gus does, but Gus Quattlebaum, who who was sitting about you know twenty rows in back of me, and he's just like, you know, wow. And listen, I mean, everyone was thinking the same thing, like, holy crap, we did not expect that. And it wasn't only, it wasn't only like the home run, it wasn't only like the fact that it was against Avaldi. It, it wasn't the fact that he's nineteen. It wasn't only the fact that he, you know had just like the, the he's still the the prom cassage was i was about to say old. not even a year removed from prom night not even a year removed which was better marcelo prom night or hitting the home run so i hope to god he says that home run <laughs> uh but not only that but you know you hear about this kid's tools you hear about this kid's swing i mean this is what made slowing down that swing like oh my goodness like anyone want to watch a like the swing that they're talking about and understand why they're talking about it. There you go. The swing is just like so picture perfect. And he later said, admitted he was sitting on the fastball. Good for him. But all, like everything about that was like, there you go. Put it on the, put it on the Marcelo Meyer reel. And that will never die ever. Now is he, is he a guy that like, he's like JD, like he's just like a student of the game. Like is, is he grinding out tape all the time from what you know? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think no. he, I think he's trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know? And, you know, he's he's modest. It was weird because when we were talking to Meyer, you know, on the bench, talking to him, then Ovaldi came out to do another interview about, like, you know, 30 yards away or so. So, you know, it's it's tough, man. I get it. Like, he doesn't want to he, – he's getting a lot of attention. He probably doesn't want a lot of attention. It's awkward. But at the same time, like, just enjoy the moment. Holy crap. Like what? What a moment it was! I don't care if it was the inner squad scrimmage. I don't care what it was. I mean, you you took the open. It's impressive. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like a good pitcher with a ninety-two mile an hour fastball that you hit. It's a good pitcher with like one of the best fastballs in the game that you hit. And like you just said, the opening day starter for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Like that's it carries weight. It should. And you know what it reminded me? So I asked Savaldi. I said, "Did you have any of those moments?" Like when you're young, maybe sometimes you face a, a older player in one of these sort of games. He said no, but for me, the one that jumps out always was Tanner Houck. And, he, and listen, Tanner Houck was out of college; he wasn't out of high school. But Tanner Houck, had, the year before, had been drafted in the first round. He's pitching in a backfield, and some of the Red Sox regulars are going back to hit in that game. And Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez both hit against Tanner Houck. And he struck him out both, both of those guys. Now that's gonna feel great. Yeah, it's a reminder also, like how far you have to go from that moment because it took Tanner a while. But he, but to this day we talk about it. And it, and when I say for Marcelo Meyer, he will always have this moment. Like we're gonna we're gonna be citing this moment this day in stories about Marcelo Meyer for years and years and years because that's how it works. Much like I do with Tanner. And I, so you brought up a really good point of like, 
he's still got a ways to go. And of course, like he doesn't want to, you know, make it a bigger deal than it might be. Uh, and that might be because you don't want to, you don't want to be a flash in the pan. I think in baseball, that's probably like the biggest thing that guys that get drafted think about because it's so difficult just to climb your way through the ranks and get up to the bigs. So when you look at him, does he have the tangibles? Do you, because we haven't really been able to see him. He's playing in. Who knows? Who knows? You know, exactly. I I said, the thing that jumps out is that he's got superstar height. And like, when I say that, it's like, it's so arbitrary. But what I mean is he's a good solid, like six, two. Like, right? Taking more shots at the short guys. Right. This is not our week. I know. I mean, again, with hair, if you poof up your hair a little bit, you'll get there. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could get there. That's, 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 that's at least four inches. That pushes me to, to about six feet. That's a great look. Um, so he looks the part, sure. But it's just like anything. Like, he doesn't want to draw too much attention to himself. Like, he doesn't. He's already – he knows all the attention. And that's one of the things about being a Red Sox prospect, especially, I mean, listen, a fourth pick in the draft. So everybody's focused in on him. This would be like, you know, Jack Leiter, if he was drafted and pitching in this game and all of a sudden striking out whoever, J.D. Martinez or something. It w- it's, it's actually not even as good as uh, – that's not even as good as the Meyer thing because Jack Leiter played in college. I yeah. Mean, I mean, if, if Jack Leiter gets up there and strikes out Corey Seager, yes. it's, it's not getting buzz. It's not. Well, not like this. No. Not like this. And, and – yeah, and like Nick York, for instance, he played in a lot of spring training games last year. Same sort of deal as Marcelo right now, not too far out of high school, and he had some hits, but he never had this type of hit. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I apologize to the York family, but he's never had this type of hit. This, is, this, was, this was not only a home run. This was just an absolute missile shot. It was, dare I say, pissed on. He was pissed on, yes. It was pissed on. You know what he did? What did what he, he do? He melted the cheese. Melted the cheese. Melted. He melted. He took that craft single and slapped it on a concrete in the middle of the summer. <laughs> oh, man. See? That's why you should be a broadcaster. Oh, God. I... All right, well, speaking I, mean, I, I got to wait for Joey Castigs to, to do his thing. I'm, I'm not stepping anywhere near the booth while oh, he's there. That's I mean, his... In fair, Joe Castig's brand has never been hotter now that we have started. What's the nickname? Joey C. The Big Cheese. Joey C. The Big Cheese. Melting the cheese. Melting it, yeah. I mean, it, it, if, we aren't, if we aren't getting Kraft on board, <laughs> matter of a week, we aren't trying. Kraft and McFarlane. Uh, no. The McFarlane, two necessities in life. McFarlane is side by side. Side by side the whole way through. Um, but, you know, once again, as much as we, we love to have McFarlane on, we equally love to have personalities on this podcast and they're going to keep coming tomorrow because tomorrow is our good friend uh matt strong right good one yeah he's gonna be you're gonna be like he's gonna be part of the family live wire he's gonna be part of the family all right all right you're gonna be part of the family when you when you're that good when you're that good like that's why benelis is on in part of the family that's why we're giving him christmas gifts next year oh. uh, it's because he was that good like he you have to have personality you have to have willingness to chop it up with us let's go i i i am predicting that by the end of it uh the young lefty with the long hair is going to be part of the family okay 
Okay. You sold me. You sold me. All right. There you go. All right. We'll see you tomorrow.